Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Bible in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's voice and live life through the lens of Scripture. The Bible in a Year podcast is brought to you by Ascension. Using the Great Adventure Bible Timeline, we'll read all the way from Genesis to Revelation, discovering how the story of salvation unfolds and how we fit into that story today. It is day 320. We have only this day and tomorrow left for the Gospel of Luke, and then we launch into the last age, the, the church now, essentially, and that is great. We're reading Luke chapter 20 to chapter 22, verse 38, and then we'll pick up and conclude the Gospel of Luke tomorrow morning, um, or tomorrow whenever you listen, as well as Proverbs chapter 26, verses 17 through 19. As always, the Bible translation I'm reading from is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition. I'm using the Great Adventure Bible from Ascension. If you want to download your own Bible in a year reading plan, you can visit ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a year, and I know that a lot of you have good reasons to not subscribe to this podcast, but... um. You know what happens is in these last couple of months, if you, I think there's maybe 5,000 reviews or so of the podcast, if you were to go to iTunes and everyone who's listening today were to review it again, give it maybe five stars, I don't know, you don't have to give it five stars, but if you did that, what would happen is it would bump back up to maybe the top five, who knows, maybe even higher than top five, because sometimes um, they look at the algorithm and see not just how many downloads there are, but how many people are reviewing it. So I'm not saying you have to, but it kind of be like a good, I don't know, fun little end of the year situation where you could just say, I might as well go down there and do that. You don't have to, obviously. This is for you. This is for the Lord. It's day 320. We're reading Luke chapter 20 to chapter 22, verse 38, as well as Proverbs 26, verses 17 through 19. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 20. The authority of Jesus questioned. One day as he was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes with the elders came up and said to him, Tell us by what authority you do these things, or who it is that gave you this authority. He answered them, I also will ask you a question. Now tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us, for they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. The Parable of the Wicked Tenants And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and leased it to tenants and went into another country for a long time. When the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants that they should give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent another servant. Him also they beat and treated shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent yet a third This one they wounded and cast out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Let us kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. And they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When they heard this, they said, God forbid. But he looked at them and said, What then is this that is written? The very stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. The question about paying taxes. The scribes and the chief priests tried to lay hands on him at that very hour, but they feared the people, for they perceived that he had told this parable against them. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be sincere that they might take hold of what he said so as to deliver him up to the authority and jurisdiction of the governor. They asked him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach rightly and show no partiality, but truly teach the way of God. 
Is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Show me a coin. Whose likeness and inscription has it? They said, Caesar's. He said to them, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were not able in the presence of the people to catch him by what he said, but marveling at his answer, they were silent. The question about man's resurrection. There came to him some Sadducees, those who say that there is no resurrection, and they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the wife and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children, and the second and third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as wife. And Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are accounted worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. For they cannot die any more, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. And some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him any question. A question about the Messiah. But he said to them, How can they say that the Christ is David's son? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right till I make your enemies a stool for your feet. David thus calls him Lord, so how is he his son? Jesus denounces the hypocrisy of the scribes. And in the hearing of all the people, he said to his disciples, Beware of the scribes, who like to go about in long robes and love salutations in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Chapter 21. The Widow's Offering He looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow put in two copper coins. And he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the living that she had. The Destruction of the Temple Foretold And some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings. He said, As for these things which you see, the days will come when there shall not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign when this is about to take place? And he said, Take heed that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for this must first take place. But the end will not be at once. Signs and Persecutions Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be a time for you to bear testimony, Settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer, 
For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and kinsmen and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. The destruction of Jerusalem foretold. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas for those who are with child, and for those who are nursing in those days. For great distress shall be upon the earth, and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword, and be led captive among all nations. And Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. The Coming of the Son of Man And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and upon the earth distress of nations and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves men fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, look up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. The Lesson of the Fig Tree And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away till all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Exhortation to Watchfulness But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life and that day come upon you suddenly like a snare. For it will come upon all who dwell upon the face of the whole earth. But watch at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olivet. And early in the morning all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. Chapter 22 The Conspiracy to Kill Jesus Now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called the Passover, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and engaged to give him money. So he agreed and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. The Preparation of the Passover then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go, and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house which he enters, and tell the householder, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I am to eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished, there make ready. And they went and found it as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. Jesus institutes the Eucharist. And when the hour came, he sat at table and his apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, 
I shall not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a chalice, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this, and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you, that from now on I shall not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the chalice after supper, saying, This chalice, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table, For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it was that would do this? The Dispute About Greatness A dispute also arose among them, which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, Let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For which is greater, one who sits at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who sits at table, but I am among you as one who serves? You are those who have continued with me in my trials. As my Father appointed a kingdom for me, so do I appoint for you, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Peter's denial foretold. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brethren. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. He said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you three times deny that you know me. Purse, bag and sword. And he said to them, When I set you out with no purse or bag or sandals, did you lack anything? They said, Nothing. He said to them, But now, let him who has a purse take it, and likewise a bag, and let him who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me, and he was reckoned with transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, Look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, It is enough. The Book of Proverbs, chapter 26, verses 17 through 19. He who meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I am only joking. Father in heaven, we give you praise and glory. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to walk with Jesus as he gets closer and closer to entering into his passion. Lord, thank you for letting us hear uh, the true value of things, the true value of everything that is surrendered to you, the true value of when we give not only our first fruits, but our final fruits and place them into your hands. Help us to be watchful. Help us to be aware. Help us to be awake. Help us not to become drowsy or to fall into the trap of just thinking or believing that this life will just keep going on endlessly, but help us to be vigilant. Help us to be awake. Help us to watch for you this day and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Um, Sometimes, as you know, (laughs) after 320 days, there are some Proverbs that just, you know, they get you. So 
Here's a couple of them. This is chapter 26 and Proverbs 17 through 19. That's two Proverbs, basically. 17 is, he who meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. Yes, mind your own business is one of the, the upshots of this, like taking a passing dog by the ears, meaning, yeah, you don't know if this uh, dog is a killer. Maybe the dog is going to do some destruction. You have no idea. He's just taking a passing. The other one, though, this is good. Man, oh, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. Oh my gosh, how crazy is that? How how accurate is that? You think that here the book of Proverbs written all the way back, you know, maybe in the time of Solomon. And you think, holy smokes, we still do that. We do that all the time. So I say something and then just, ah, just kidding. You know, kind of be a little fire starter. In someone's life kind of get in there and mess with them. And then, ah, just, just kidding around, just joking. And realize, yeah, there are some things that are funny. And there are some things that are not funny. And one of our tasks in maturing and growing is getting to that place where we realize the difference between what was funny for me and what was definitely not funny and should not have been said or done. But all that to be said, here is the gospel of Luke today. And we're getting closer and closer to the end of of the gospel in the end, Jesus giving up his entire self for us. One of the things that I think is really so powerful, I love not only all of the gospel of Luke, but you also have, we have these, the widow's offering at the beginning of chapter 21. And that sense of here she is and she puts in two small coins, two copper coins, a couple cents, a couple pennies. But Jesus praises that because he is highlighting the fact that it's not necessarily how much we give. It's how much we love. Again, God doesn't judge the size of our, our gift as much as it is the size of our heart, size of the heart that's offering the gift. And, and we recognize that we we know so much about first fruits. We also, I preached on this the other week, however long ago it was uh, for y'all, but that sense of here we are called to give God our first fruits, that first 10%, right? Um, our time, our talent, our treasure. But here God highlights in this parable, not parable, it's the, his words about this woman who actually did this in chapter 21 that we're also called to give God our final fruits, that our whole lives are meant to be his. And that sense of how can I do that? How can I make myself an entire gift to him, especially when I have so little to offer? Um, and yet we do that when we give him our interruptions. We do that when we give him what they call passive mortifications. Uh, active mortifications are the ones we choose. I'm choosing to tithe, I'm choosing to fast, I'm choosing to, to pray, I'm choosing to do these things that you know cause me to die a little bit. But passive mortifications are when we accept the penances that chose us. And I always like to think of those as interruptions, the things that I didn't choose. Both of them can purify us. And it seems like the first fruits is good, that active mortification that um, we plan out and choose, that does so much to purify our hearts. But then so does our passive purifications that do so much to purify our hearts where it's like, okay, Lord, I'm just gonna cooperate with you. Here's the last thing. There is a prayer at the end of chapter 22, or kind of in the middle, I guess, of chapter 22, where Jesus turns to Peter. And he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brethren. This is so incredibly important because we don't get it in English, but it's true in the original Greek. It says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you all. So it's, it's plural, have you all, all the disciples, all the apostles, that he might sift all of you. Again, that's plural, all of you like wheat. And then in the next verse, Jesus goes to singular, but I have prayed for you, Peter, you individually, singular, that your faith, individual, singular, may not fail. And when you, singular, have returned again, strengthen your brethren. 
There is something so incredible about this fact that Jesus predicts Simon's betrayal. He predicts Peter's failure. And he says, yeah, Satan wants the whole thing. Satan wants all of you. And that's the truth. Y'all, we have an enemy. The enemy desires all of us get taken out. He desires that every single one of us has our faith stolen. He desires to destroy every ounce of love we have for each other and every ounce of love we have for God in our hearts. He wants nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy all of us. And then Jesus was on to say, but I prayed for you, singular Peter. This is the role of the Al-Habayit, right? This is the role of the first Pope. This is the role of the Pope now. But in this case in particular, in Luke 22, it was the role of that first Pope of Peter. But I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. When you've turned again, when you've come back to me, basically strengthen your brethren. Think about how incredible it would be to be Peter and to say, yeah, in the midst of all this trial, in the midst of all this danger, in the midst of all this failure, you can trust Jesus. How do you know? Because I betrayed him the night my best friend in the world needed me. I denied even knowing him. So you want a witness to mercy? There it is right there. You want a witness to what is it like to, to lean into love and to let yourself be loved in the midst of failure? There it is right there. It's not a claim to um, being impeccable, right? It's not a claim to sinlessness. It's not a claim to, it's not, gosh, how did I say it? Simon Peter can never claim, I was so good that God loved me. Why do I have this role? Because I'm so holy. No, it's, he only can claim God's grace. He can only claim when I was at my weakest and my lowest, God was there for me. He said he prayed for me specifically so that when I came back to his heart, I could strengthen my brethren. And this is the truth for you right now, right now for all of us. Our lives will be marked with um, disaster. There may even be public scandal, public sin that is a part of your story. But here's Jesus. I invite you to hear the words of Jesus to that first Pope as words to you. But when you've turned back, I'm praying for you that when you've turned back, even in the midst of public disaster, in the midst of public sin, public scandal, strengthen your brethren. Let them know that my mercy is without end and I still love them. Because right now, even if you're at the bottom in the gutter and it's all your fault, even if you have all these wounds and they're self-inflicted wounds, the truth of the matter is, here's Jesus saying, and I'm praying for you, praying for you, come back, trust in my love, trust in my mercy, trust in me. And that's why I'm praying for you. And I, that's why I'm asking you to pray for me. So that when that day comes, God willing, it never does, but when that day comes, that we can turn back to the Lord and strengthen each other. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. My name is Father Mike. I cannot wait to see you tomorrow, our final day of Luke's Gospel. God bless. Mm-hmm.